Welcome to Now I See, a place where people share their eye-opening moments and how it changed the way they see themselves, their world, and their place in it. We hope you'll be encouraged and inspired by the stories you hear, and challenged to see things in a whole new way, too. Sit back and enjoy this show that we've prepared especially with you in mind. I'm your host, Kit McCarty. Today's guest is Trisha Kinsman. Welcome, Trisha. Hi. Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm so glad you're here. Trisha is the developer and director of the newly formed Hope and Healing Ministries of Irving Bible Church in Irving, Texas. Before that, she worked 15 years developing relationships with local nonprofit partners to serve her community through the missions department at Irving Bible Church. She has led classes on grief, suicide loss, and every form of abuse. Her curiosity about why we do what we do motivated her to become a certified Enneagram coach, which has made her exceptionally effective at connecting with others and helping them move toward emotional and spiritual health. She's also a certified life coach. Born in Arkansas, Trisha spent much of her childhood in the Dallas area. After moving all over the country, she came back home to Texas. She's a widow, a mother of two grown children, a Mimi of an amazing teenage girl, a sister of three incredibly strong women, and the daughter of parents who have been married almost 70 years. She loves to bake, read, walk, and take road trips. We're going to get into some pretty serious stuff in our show today, but before we do, let's have a little fun. I just got to know, Trisha, what things do you like to bake? Ah, uh, pies and cookies. <gasps> I think pies are going to be forever my... Uh, go-to for figuring out how to do this, that, and the other, but um, I'm not an expert at it, but I love it. Oh, pies are a challenge. Mm. I can't do the crust. I admit I cheat. (laughs) I cheat. I'm impressed. Um, What kinds of books do you like to read? So really and truly, I love to read autobiographies, but ask me how many times I get to read autobiographies. Mm. I'm usually reading something for work. Right now, I'm currently uh, in between books. I just finished an amazing book by Arthur Brooks called Strength to Strength, and it is about our fluid curve of creativity in work and our crystallized curve of wisdom and knowledge that we impart to others. It was phenomenal. Wow. That sounds like heavy reading. Yeah, well... it. Yeah, it was, I guess, a little heavy, but it was it was really confirming for me in uh, getting into that side hustle of coaching that I'm doing. So, yeah, it was a super good book. I'm uh, getting ready to open the cover for Self to Lose, Self to Find mm-hmm. by Marilyn Vansel. It's been on my reading list for three years, and I'm finally getting out of town, going to do a little reading in that. Ooh, yummy. Yeah. That sounds like fun. Um, And then uh, tell me about one of your favorite road trips. So so I have really great memories of uh, raising our kids uh, first five years in Colorado and taking just side road trips every weekend, packing a picnic uh, and going up to the mountains. But um, really, when I thought about my silliest road trip it would have had to be with my youngest sister Laura we went to visit my other sister Cheryl in Hattiesburg and filmed the whole thing had a stuffed green frog sitting on the dashboard and on the way back uh, we decided to stop at the casino in Shreveport honestly neither of us are gamblers (laughs) 
but we <laughs> set aside 20 bucks. That's all we were going to spend. We walked in, got our, gave them our 20 bucks for a couple quarters. Within 10 minutes, they were all gone in the slot machine. <laughs> we walked back out to the parking lot and decided it would have probably saved us a lot of time if we'd just driven by and thrown our 20 bucks out the window <laughs> rather than wasting the time in there. So... And anyway. you would have missed that great story. <laughs> yeah, that's fun. Oh, well, thanks for that little <laughs> side trip. Now we're going to get back to business. Trisha, I see you as a survivor, an mm-hmm. adapter, someone who highly values truth and authenticity, and a woman who has a great big heart. How do you see yourself? Mm, thank you for that. Um, well, I have a huge imposter syndrome, so I probably <laughs> don't see myself that way. But um, honestly, where I'd like to start is uh, how I used to see myself, which was very unhealthy, Enneagram 9, who believed that my voice and my presence don't matter, um, not confident in the love that God was offering me or how to live as his beloved. Um, Today, though, I would say that I, uh, even though I'll always struggle with those core fears and longings, I'm doing better at hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit in my life and um, trying to live out of that unconditional love. Wow. How was that formed in you? Why didn't you believe that you had a voice Mm. that wasn't worth hearing? Well, um, I grew up with quite a bit of developmental trauma and carried a lot of shame out of my childhood. My mom was verbally and physically abusive and um, by the time I was 15 I'd been molested and raped. Uh, Subsequently after that sexually exploited by many bosses and boyfriends And because of the shame, I thought most of those abuses were really my fault. I didn't understand anything about abuse or God's love and intent for me. But on the flip side of that, I was raised in a solid Bible-believing non-denominational church. I learned a lot about the Bible and did all the Christian things, saved at 8, baptized at 11, Christian camp every summer, sang in church, you know, went on the mission trips, but um, most of what I absorbed was more about behavior modification than a true understanding of the finished work of Christ on my behalf. So because the shame was the driver for me, I made a lot of choices for myself that weren't um, God's best, um, and choices that can honestly continued to cause a lot of trauma. I married young. I married at 21, which, you know, maybe back then didn't seem young. Now it seems really young. Um, And, of course, because I was still really unhealthy, uh, my choice in a husband wasn't a great one. He was very abusive. He was a narcissist and a sex addict. And after 22 years of that, I filed for divorce, realizing if I stayed, I'd be sacrificing my children for the sake of the marriage, which wasn't really healthy anyway. Um, He was taking most of the abuse out on the kids. I remarried, uh, unhealed and way too quickly, to a man who was very different, but he was a new believer. 
And without deep trusting roots in Christ, when things went south in his job, so did he. Uh, We were married for six years, but after the last three years of him being buried in a bottle and me emotionally Mm -hmm. abandoned and in counseling, my pastor counselor suggested it was time to move on. So fast forward 10 years. probably longer than that, but 10 years of living single, working full-time ministry here at IBC, I met a man who seemed to love me well, but he took his own life after about six months of marriage. He'd been diagnosed with bipolar disorder, but had refused medication, and I found that there were several other disorders he'd been diagnosed with that I knew nothing about until after he passed. His uh, mental struggles really took their toll on both of us. So that's kind of my history. <laughs> that is so, so hard. How in yeah. the world <laughs> were, were you able to just share that with me? Obviously, you've had to do some really heavy work. Mm. And how, how come you didn't hide? How come you are able now to articulate that story? And why are you willing now to share that with others? Um, well, I would say probably mostly because I have had to share that story so many times as I've led other groups. Um, we usually need to tell our story and I could, for a long time, I could tell bits and pieces of my story, but I couldn't really condense it into, you know, short bits. Uh, it got a little rambly and, um, yeah, I think it's just the practice, mm-hmm. and to be honest with you, it for me, it takes writing it down and saying it over and over, uh, healthy or not, it helps me detach emotionally a little bit mm-hmm. from the story. So Does it get easier? It does get easier. My stomach doesn't jump around as much <laughs> as it used to when I tell the story, but Uh, To be honest, I think that um, just the healing work that God's done in my heart and in my life and recognizing that when we share our stories, we're really sharing a story that God was there in the midst of, but he has healed us from. And so um, how to me, I want to just say, how could I not share that? Because that's truly the work that God's been doing in me. That's incredibly powerful. Mm-hmm. So rather than being um, defined by your hurts, you've been refined by them. I'm looking mm-hmm. at you now, and you're in such a better place. Mm-hmm. Not only um, have you found hope and healing for yourself, but you're in a position to give it to others. Mm-hmm. And I'm mm-hmm. thinking that, um, you know, when your scars um, were visible, you submitted them to Jesus who covered mm-hmm. you with his scars mm-hmm. and it's made all the difference. Mm-hmm. And I just, the scars um, are still there, but yeah. they're, they're a sign of healing. They're not open festering wounds. Right. And that's, that's, I guess, the release and the relief that we're looking for um, right. when we come to him for healing. Yes, yes. It's amazing to me how someone who has been so hurt could not only find hope and healing for herself, but become an instrument of hope and healing Mm. for so many others. Walk us through that process and tell us how the hope and healing ministries began. 
Okay. Um, so I, like you mentioned before, was working in local missions and having worked with quite a few uh, local partners that uh, helped other women especially uh, walk out of exploitation, abuse, divorce, um, and all of those struggles, I really saw that um, when these women were not able to recognize the patterns going on in their lives. They struggled with their relationship with God. And so uh, I was offered the opportunity to develop Hope and Healing Ministries about five years ago. I honestly wasn't sure how I was going to be able to manage both positions. And about Two years into that ministry, I started kind of hear, hearing from God that it was time to let go of the local mission piece, the local partnership piece, and delve further into Hope and Healing Ministries. However, <laughs> that meant we needed to find a replacement. So it wasn't until I was juggling both, really, until about Oof. 2021, 20, 2020 or 2021, when uh, Kyla stepped up uh, to lead local missions, and what what a gift she is to IBC and the community. She's absolutely the right person for the job. So who walked with you through your healing process? Mm, so good. Um, well, I originally started, when I saw the issues going on with me, I mean, after, after the suicide of my husband, that was when I thought, Lord, I cannot continue to trip up and miss the steps here that you're wanting to show me. And so I kind of jumped into grief share classes originally, and they were fantastic. Um, and really what I needed at the time. But I just felt a tug on my heart after I finished that, you know, suicide loss has so many layers, so many, uh, so much shame um, attached to it. And we don't have anything in that realm. And I felt the Lord kind of tapping me on the shoulder to start a suicide loss group, um, which I eventually did, but I was not anywhere close to being ready. I was willing, but I wasn't mm -hmm. ready yet mm -hmm. at the time. So um, I just waited, and uh, that's when about the time the whole hope and healing piece came my way. And um, then I, on a, on a side note, I thought I was going to go into a training for uh, people to minister to parents of underage children who had been trafficked. And what they used for the training was the Mending the Soul ministry, which was all about abuse of every form, how God really intended um, us to be loved and cared for, and how this world really doesn't love and care for us in the way that God would, would want and uh, so on. So, um, that rocked my world, completely rocked my world. And I was able to see why I carried so much shame out of my childhood, how others within my growing up years had um, wanted me to carry that shame. They didn't want to carry it. They wanted me to carry it. Mm -hmm. And I did it. 
(laughs) But it it messed me up. And so with both of those ministries kind of under my belt and knowing God was calling me to even develop a ministry for suicide loss, I, I felt like this is something everyone needs. Um, you know, we say around here that trauma is the is the new mission field. Mm-hmm. It is. You know, we really are on level playing ground when we uh, when we share the traumas that we have walked through, whether those are big T's or little T traumas. And you make a great case for it. You don't find healing your own Mm -mm. it happens in community it It happens when there are people who are willing to come alongside you Mm -hmm. and to walk with you through it Mm -hmm. i'm so glad you've chosen to do that Mm -hmm. not only for yourself but for others Mm -hmm. listeners we're going to take a break and we'll be back in just a moment with our guest today trisha kinsman I so appreciate Trishan's openness and authenticity. These are exactly the conversations the Now I See podcast hoped to capture when we began recording a year and a half ago. And we've had so much fun ever since, talking to authors, artists, actors, teachers, students, ministry, business and civic leaders, volunteers, business owners, people who are making a difference in their communities because they saw something they just couldn't unsee and then decided to do something about it. When you visit our website at nis.media, take a moment to listen to shows and read blogs you may have missed, check out our featured causes brought to us by our previous guests, and the growing list of great reads by our featured authors. You can sign up for our weekly newsletter, or drop us a line in the Contact Us section, or leave a comment on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at NowICPod. If you haven't done so already, be sure to share this podcast with someone you think would enjoy it and leave a good rating and review for people we haven't met yet. If you're in the Dallas area, you can still participate in the Isaiah 117 House Golf Tournament, but do it quick, brought to us by our previous guest, Megan Hasbrook. Or pick up some of the few remaining seats at the Uptown Theater to watch last week's guest, Rustin Bridges, as he performs in the Rogers and Hammerstein State Fair musical. Join us next week for author Dennis Conrad on the release of his book, Two Cent Piece, the first in God We Trust children's book series. Now, back to our show with director of the Hope and Healing Ministries in Irving, Texas, Trisha Kinsman. from our break with our guest today, Trisha Kinsman. So Trisha, we've been talking about generally the Hope and Healing Ministries. Now let's get down to the specifics. Mm -hmm. Please tell us some of the services that are being offered. So we offer um, divorce care and grief share here. Um, We offer both a generalized grief through grief share, but also uh, complicated grief for traumatic grief, like I spoke about before. Uh, Mending the soul, that was one of the first things I knew I wanted to bring because so many people have walked through so many different forms of abuse, and it really affects our shape of God in our minds and our hearts. Absolutely. 
Uh, Shelter from the Storm is a great group. It is strictly for uh, sexual abuse and for women at this time at our church. And we offer Hope in the Valley, and that is support for those who are walking through cancer or other life-altering illnesses. Family Grace and Living Grace. Family Grace is uh, it's a group that is in support of parents or family members who have a loved one with a mental health challenge. And then Living Grace is for those of us who live with anxiety, mm. depression, and other mental health challenges. Uh, they were developed by uh, the Mental Health Grace Alliance in Waco, that curriculum, and uh, we brought that in years ago. That was already running, actually, when I came on board. So the gal that ran it, she ran it for 18 years wow. and trained up another amazing couple of women who have taken that over. So it's a good one. Trisha, this is huge. I mean, <laughs> any one of these yes. would be very, um, <laughs> very taxing yeah. emotionally, spiritually, yes. and physically. And yet yes. you've got seven here, eight here that yeah. um, are helping people in um, various stages mm-hmm. from affected to severely affected. Right. How do you get your arms around this? How, how do you do this? <laughs> Well, um, we have a lot of great volunteers that are leading the actual ministries. Uh, some of them that I've brought on board, like Mending the Soul and Complicated Grief, I led initially until we had people that went through it and we raised up other leaders for it. But honestly, I don't think I could never do this, you know, on my own. Um, it takes amazing people who've been transformed by the Holy Spirit and the curriculum that they've used. And we've got an LPC that actually supports and encourages us. She trains us. She's there for our uh, leaders when they need extra support. They know they can just reach out to her. So it's a whole team. It's a whole team. <laughs> well, it would have to be. It's mm-hmm. such a huge project, such yeah. a huge undertaking, with the potential for huge impact as well. Mm-hmm. So how can people get involved, either in getting the services or helping to provide them? Mm-hmm. So um, we have a webpage, um, and it lives on IBC's webpage, and it is irvingbible.org slash hope and healing, and is spelled out. And you can that's kind of our landing page that kind of shows all of the different ministries that we have. Prayer support, recovery uh, is run here and so on. And support groups is really what I oversee. And so you can click on the support groups tab and it'll list out all of our support groups, the contact name of the leaders. There'll be a registration button for registration, which is every semester. Um, I think we've only got one group right now that's running year-round, and that's the Hope in the Valley group, the cancer support group. So when people click on that information, they'll get dates, times? Yes. Are all Rooms, of, okay, everything. Okay, I was going to say, are mm-hmm. the locations always here at the church? Or yes. Or do you have remotes or online? Well, I know that some of our groups, especially during COVID, took them online, but our goal is to be in person because being able to share within a group 
it gives you the perspective of someone else's story. Uh, it helps you from isolating and uh, developing grandiose ideas that your your issue is more difficult than someone else's issue. It, it really does help us uh, be able to um, give more support when we're in person. We can see body language when we're in person, all of that. I think that there's something very hopeful about being in a room of people who understand Mm -hmm. where you've been Mm -hmm. and um, are walking with you, um, who are on the journey themselves. Mm -hmm. And so they have a special understanding, a special grace of uh, the struggles that you're having and working through. Um, And I think it's so healing, too, just to be in the physical presence of others. As you were saying, isolation can be so uh, detrimental to one's healing process. And so to be able to be in a group where you feel safe and can share things just it makes all the difference so Mm -hmm. I'm glad that those are offered in a place a safe place where people can get what they need so in addition to the semesters that you have of the hope and healing ministries that you've been telling us about you've got some one-off classes why don't you tell me about those Mm -hmm. we have two one-off classes this fall uh called both called surviving the holidays but one is uh for those who have lost a loved one and one is for those who have been separated or divorced. They are, like you said, one-off classes. You can register for them on the same webpage, and uh, you don't have to have gone through grief share or divorce care to be able to come. It just help us get through the holidays, some tips, some pointers, that sort of thing. Well, well, holidays are usually very hard for people to get through, even when everything else is going right. Just so many mm-hmm. memories attached to people mm-hmm. who were here yes. or um, and are no longer, or um, times when you've felt unseen and unheard as the family gathered. And it can just be traumatic for a lot of people. A lot of people with expectations that holidays should be fun and that everything should be happy. And yes. then the, the gap between reality um, and anticipation where exactly. disappointment lives. So thank you so mm-hmm. much for making this is available. Mm-hmm. Um, so how can people find out more they, by visiting the website? Mm-hmm. Um, and and if they register for classes, that's where they get the information? Or are there other explanations, other things? Yes. I mean, usually there will be a very, very brief uh, email that'll come back to them and give them an overview. But our leaders reach out. As soon as you register, our leaders are connected there, and they will reach out to everyone prior to class beginning to let them know what to expect, to talk about books. There's typically not a cost for the classes, but there is a cost for the books for most of them. And obviously, if there's a hardship that someone's Mm -hmm. going through that would prevent them from joining in, we don't want that cost of the book to be the reason why they're not able to participate. So we can certainly help with that. But uh, Is there a screening process that goes on? Because you've listed mm -hmm. so many things here. Some people may be suffering um, from multiple Mm -hmm. um, 
heart injuries and um, may not be able to prioritize where they should start. Mm-hmm. Is there someone to assist mm-hmm. them if they really just don't know where how to begin? Yes. Um, in several of our classes, well, first of all, I would say our leaders are trained in that. They're all trained and they will reach out and talk to everybody, usually before class. And if they see someone is struggling with other issues, we have resources for them that uh, they can go to. But for Mending the Soul, there's a pretty uh, significant intake process. Uh, We want to make sure everybody is ready for healing and uh, not going through uh, like a dissociation issue. I mean, most of them are to some degree, but if it keeps you from participating in class, then uh, we would want you to seek some counseling first. Um, and we can refer there. But there's an intake process there. Um, our grief class, um, you know, is run right now by a licensed professional counselor. She can see additional issues uh, as they come up within class, and she knows where to refer. So... Mm. That's such an important point that some people just might not be ready for healing. Yeah. Um, I remember reading in the Bible where Jesus asked a paralytic, mm-hmm. do you want to be well? And right. I thought, what a stupid question. Mm. Who wouldn't want to be well? Right. Except now I've lived long enough to know that yeah. there are some people who really like living in their infirmity. That's right. They really like the sympathy that they get from other people, and there's a reward for it in them. They really don't want to be well. They say they do because, you know, they'd be crazy. Right. Um, If they didn't, except a lot of people don't. Yes, but it's that crazy-making thing of doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. Right, right. I think at some point you get to the end of that, and you say, just don't want to live like this anymore. Those are the people you're looking for. Yes. Good. Um, And I'm so glad that you're in a position to be able to help them. So how can people get in touch with you? Well, they can find me here at IBC at T. Kinsman, K-I-N-S-M-A-N, at irvingbible.org. That's where they can email me at any time. I'm connected. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Um, Is there anything that you'd like people to see more clearly as a result of our conversation today? Mm. Well, I, be, I truly believe that spiritual transformation and emotional healing go hand in hand. Um, I, I don't believe that uh, for those of us who have struggled with things in our background, our, you know, the name calling, the, you know, all the things that can happen even within childhood, I don't believe that we can move forward in our understanding and relationship with God if we haven't dealt with the emotional baggage that we've carried into that relationship. Um, Even our relationship with our earthly fathers affects how we see our heavenly father. And so walking through that process, it may not be one of these groups, but at least dealing with your emotional health um, really does get you to that place of being open and receptive to being that beloved child that God intended for you to be. I love that whole idea of beloved. In fact, I know that's one of your favorite quotes by Mm. Brennan Manning. Mm. Define yourself radically as one beloved by God. This is the true self. Every other identity is illusion. Why does Mm. that mean so much to you? Mm. Because all of my other identities were just illusion. (laughs) 
I believe that for myself. I believe that is my big struggle in life, is recognizing my belovedness. It's not everyone's struggle, but it is my personal struggle. And um, just being able to recognize that he loves me, he provided for me, all that he did for me would have been just for me. And that's hard for me with my huge imposter syndrome to believe that that would be true. So I have to remind myself about that every day. Mm. Well, I have loved this conversation. I knew it was going to be important the minute I found out that you were doing uh, the Hope and Healing Ministries Mm. and that it was such an important thing. So thank you for letting your voice be heard. And I just pray that God gives you many more years to speak hope, healing, truth, grace to the people you serve. Thank you so much. It's my honor to be here, really. Thank you. It's been fun. And listeners, we'll see you again next week. We're so glad you were able to join us for today's compelling story. You can find out more about our guest today by reading our show notes or visiting our website, nis.media. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Special thanks to the team at Headset Radio for their technical expertise and to Becky Salazar for our bumper music. See you next week.